Hi there and welcome. You're listening to Animals and Us, Voices of a New Paradigm. My name is Avantika and I'm a researcher exploring animal consciousness, environmental sustainability, and planetary health. I want to help bring animal perspectives to the table and transform our relationship with the natural world. And I'm Barbara. I'm an animal communicator and retired veterinarian. My true passion is exploring the hearts and souls of animals and helping people come to a much deeper understanding of who the animals truly are at their core. This podcast is for anyone who loves animals and nature and has an interest in their own personal and spiritual development. We'll bring you powerful conversations with fascinating people about animal and nature sentience, consciousness, and communication. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey of love, respect, understanding, and care for the fellow beings who share our beautiful Mother Earth with us. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Animals and Us, Voices of a New Paradigm. If you tuned into our last episode, you heard from Rebecca Goff and we dove straight into the amazing healing techniques she has in the waters with the assistance and guidance from the cetaceans. And we talked about how the dolphins and whales give her guidance and instructions on how to do things in the water and how to bring about deep transformation and healing for people. Well, there was so much that we talked about and we weren't able to include all of it in the last episode. So we decided to create a bonus episode for you here where you can hear a little bit more about the dolphins and whales the differences between them, how they are energetically and spiritually, and also hear a little bit about Rebecca's experiences working with dolphins in the wild versus dolphins in captivity. There's a lot that we talk about in this this bonus episode, and we hope you enjoy. So we're talking about these animals really tuning into us. And when I was in Tonga with the whales, there was a time, oh, it's making me emotional. There was a time when we were out on the boat and we hadn't been swimming with whales. Normally I was told you're swimming with whales all the time, but there were two weeks when no one was able to swim with whales. People would get in the water and the whales would swim away. And eventually I did. Eventually we did. But there was a period of time when I was sensing that the whales were really upset. They were really sad. They were fearful and they were angry. And I called everybody together on the boat and we just sent them um, healing energy and gratitude for who they are. And and it was amazing because within a, a minute, everybody on the boat came together. We formed a circle and we sent out this prayer to the dolphins, essentially. I mean, to the to the humpback whales. And right after that, we saw all these humpbacks just breaching, you know, jumping out of the water with exuberance. And I just knew they were expressing their gratitude. I just knew it. So, so we are so connected. And um, I don't think the vast majority even realize that. So it seems that it's just what you're saying is it's so important to just pay attention right? 
and what you said, gratitude, gratitude is huge. I find that the more grateful you are for what comes to you in, in anything, but with the whales and the dolphins, the more grateful people are for what they get, the more comes. And the people that are like, well, where are they? And I'm here and they should be here right now. I call it whale waiting, not whale watching. It's whale waiting. And they, and it's, every experience is different. There's no guarantees. You don't know what's going to happen when you're out there. Um, it, it can be completely and totally different. And I've had to argue with my boat captain on a couple of occasions and say, I want to go to this area. They're like, oh, the whales don't go there. It's like, I want to go to that area. It's like, well, the whales don't get there. It's like, fine, we'll film while we're there. We go there, the whales are there. So um, the more you do follow your guidance, the clearer it gets and the stronger yes. it gets. Yeah. And can you talk about the difference energetically between dolphins and whales? Well, my go-to is the dolphins are like angels and the whales are like God. <laughs> and it's just the strength. It's so much greater and bigger. And, and the whales are, uh, it's like there's a beingness in the whales where the dolphins are more like guides. And I like just being with the dolphins, but with the whales, I sometimes... I'm the boat guy. You went with the dolphin or with the whales in Tonga. So you have four people with the guide and you get in the water. Well, what we will do sometimes is we'll have two guides and we'll go out in the water. I did train as a whale swim guide as Tonga and in Tonga. So I've been completely trained, but we'll go out there with the people and the guide and me. And then I stay with the whales and I'm the, the dive flag. <laughs> and then the guide goes back to the boat, gets another group, comes back out, or they switch off and a different group comes. So I, I get to be out there by myself. And sometimes I'm swimming with the whales until they settle and then the boats come back. But sometimes they're just there and I just hang out with them until the people come back and then they know where the whales are because they're underneath. The people come back and they'll go, well, did you get a message? And what did they say? What did you do? What was your interaction? And for me, a lot of times I just like to just be, just be and just be with them and feel that amazing peace. And it's, you asked me, I believe about the interdimensional potential with the whales and the dolphins. And I, it's like they're in a state of beingness that is right next to non-being for, for them to just disappear and reappear. It seems like it would be so easy. There's like, a stillness, a still point, like we do when we do our cranial work. Um, sorry, I'm sure I got off track on that one. I was being with the whales. Oh, what's the difference between the whales and the dolphins? Um, because the dolphins are smaller, well, they're more playful, but energetically, even the dolphins are very different between them. The dolphins in uh, the spinner dolphins like we have in Hawaii, they're very group oriented where the spotted dolphins in the Bahamas are, uh, they'll, they're, they'll come up to you more independently and swim right up into your face and like, hi, I'm here. And they're sweet. The ones in the Bahamas are sweet. And not that the others aren't sweet, but I would say peaceful with the Hawaii, with the spinners is more, it's more about peace and joy and you know bliss but there's a sweetness with the bimini dolphins you just won't find with any other dolphins and the whales are very different too the humpbacks we've talked about that magnetic pulse that the humpbacks put out the tether they're the only ones that do that oh. uh the gray whales in mexico it's a little zit, zit, 
you know, so you know they have that electricity, but there's not that <laughs> that comes out. And uh, the blue whales are just fast. I've never had that kind of experience with them. And I had to I track down blue whales because people are asked, are all the whales the same? It's like, well, no, they're not. Uh, and some whales, like the melon whales, are more like the, do- the bottlenose dolphins in their energy than, say, like a humpback. And then pilot whales will eat people and eat dolphins. And so their energy can be quite aggressive. Eat people? Um, well, if you were little people and you were in the water, I can't, I just am sure they would. So I can't really point to that when I should have said that. Um, they're very playful and I have been in the water with them once, but I usually avoid it. And I'll tell you why. We were in Hawaii with um, uh, mom of humpback and whale had been around. And then some mel- some uh, pilot whales came and it was just us with the pilot whales. We had a very small boat, a little 18-footer. And the pilot whales were jumping beside the boat and having a good time. And the girls were like, let's get off and swim with these. It's like, no, no, they eat things. They're not vegetarian. They eat small animals, small humpbacks. And people are like, well, they're so playful. It's like, well, they play with their food. You know, they'll toss around a seal or something before they feel really not good. And then we came across that mom with their baby humpback again. And these pilot whales went into full on hunt mode. And they sonar, and their sonar was the sound, and the sonar and the sound, the sounds they were making was so loud it would pierce through your skin. It hurt. And my husband, God bless him, he was moving that boat, and the mama humpback was putting her baby behind our boat to use the boat to protect her from from the pilot whales. And I mean, everybody on the boat was crying. It was very physical. You could hear the sound when they would put out these sound things that they use. It was painful. It was not fun at all. And I don't know how long it went on, but at some point the pilot whales realized my husband was not going to let them get around that boat to the humpback whale and the mom. So they left. So just like that, just like that. I mean, they were just, and that's the thing. People are like, oh, let's go jump in the water with dolphins. It's like dolphins aren't the only things there. Dolphins can be aggressive. Uh, it's bottlenose in particular, I've seen be very aggressive with spotted dolphins. And it's interesting because not in the beginning, people didn't swim with bottlenose in the beginning in the Bahamas. And I think I was one of the first ones out there doing that. And then after several years, the bottlenose started picking up really aggressive habits. And so did they get up from us? Did they already have them? Did we bring it out? I don't know, but they, there was some attacks by bottlenose dolphins on uh, spotted dolphins and dolphins also can be very sexual. Uh, I get back in the boat <laughs> I have other friends that do otherwise. Uh, So they can be physical. They can be physical. And if they start getting too physical, then you don't want to be out there. It's like being around a bunch of boys at the playground that start, you know, rough and tumble with each other. Whales, whales are so conscious. They can touch you. They're giant. And I've had them reach out and touch me. And touch is so light. That's where I learned 
a lot of my touch and how to lighten up my touch was from the whales touching me. And the touch is so light and so conscious. My husband was on the boat and stuck his arm in the water with the camera and was looking through the camera at the whale. And the whale rolled until she was looking and her eye was in the camera looking directly at him. And when she did that, she reached up into the boat and touched him. And I had them reach through people and to touch me and reach past five or six people to reach out to touch me. And the touch is so delicate. And I've been in um, competition pods, which is where you have several males and they're slapping their tails and they're banging up against each other. I've been like under me, over me, beside me, everywhere, and they've not touched me. They're so very conscious. Probably the dolphins too, but it's just more, dolphins will have slid up against me, but you know, come to think of it, even though there's a lot of them, they don't normally just bump into you. But it's so much more obvious with the whales because they're so big. They're very conscious. The whales and dolphins are very conscious of their place in space and where they are and their bodies and what they're touching and what they're not. A lot more so than we are. So, so that actually leads perfectly into the next question I had for you, Rebecca. You're talking about the differences between the different, you know, dolphins amongst themselves have different personalities and there's different types of dolphins and whales. So you've done a lot of your work in the wild, in the ocean, in the open waters, but you've also spent time with dolphins in captivity as well. And your experiences with them there with dolphins in captivity were quite significant because you said you've, you've seen things there that you have not seen in the wild. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. And first of all, I'd like to say, you know, no dolphin jails, all dolphins be free. I'm an ambassador for free dolphins and that's, that's it. We have dolphins free. And the reason that I went and explored, I'd never worked with them in captivity. However, um, when I first started doing this work, the first people to find us were the parents of the autistic children, because it was a time when they were looking for anything and everything. And even though I've never, ever charged to treat a child, we and we don't even take donations, because if somebody has $5 to give me today and they don't have it tomorrow, maybe they won't bring the baby back. So I just went, I don't care. We don't fill out forms. I'm just going to treat kids for free and pray for moms. Um, but still, I live in Hawaii, and it's expensive to get to me, and you have to get housing and all the rest of it, and dolphins don't always show. They're wild. Sometimes they come, sometimes they don't. And in the very beginning of doing this work, I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if I could have dolphins all the time? And I could have a, an environment where there's no waves, and there's no sharks, and the dolphins just come in, and woohoo, let's go. So that is when I went to several dolphin captive dolphin facilities and to look and see what's it look like what's happening can we do this will it work and i found one and their claim was the dolphins can leave anytime they want and the ponds were like honeycombs so here's a pond here's a pond then there's a pond behind it a pond behind it a pond behind it back and back and back so sure those very front ponds the dolphins could leap out and leave but not the dolphins in the ponds further back. And so I asked the dolphins in the front ponds. It's like, well, you know, do you stay here because you like it? It's like, no. And it's like, well, you could leave. It's like, yes. And it's like, then why don't you? And they said, and leave our brothers and sisters behind. So, no, they didn't leave for that. And what I discovered were extremely depressed dolphins, round and round and round. 
stale water with no life in it. And you've swam with them in the wild now, Avantika. You know what it's like and how far they go and how wide they range. Can you imagine putting them in a 20 by 20 and never them never being able to go anywhere else? It's obvious they would have depression. And the one dolphin, he was up in the air and he was just rolling his head around around and going circles and around and I I saw behaviors autistic behaviors and uh, depression and deep depression and failure to thrive in the dolphins that were in captivity the same kinds of things that we create in ourselves in captivity and um, so no not a good thing to have wild animals not be wild and that includes Mm -hmm. us Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, the first time I was ever with dolphins was years ago in a captive situation because I'd heard it so great and I had never been with dolphins. And it was phenomenal. There were two adult dolphins, a male and a female, and they were just all over me. They wouldn't even let me get out when it was time to get out, which was quite a little challenge. But I completely fell in love with dolphins. And I thought I would be a dolphin researcher or something. I was already a veterinarian and found out that I get seasick, so that didn't happen. But um, after that, I swam with dolphins in the wild in Hawaii and in Costa Rica. And several years later, I went back to the same facility where I had started. And I was in the water with three or four young female dolphins in a pool, like you're talking about. And I was in tears. They were, they were like hanging out right against this mesh fence. And I could tell all they wanted was out, you know. And it was so sad. And um, I just think it's totally unfair to these animals to have them in essentially what's a cage. It's just awful. Absolutely. And people have had amazing experiences with dolphins in captivity. There's no doubt about that. And my go-to used to be, well, I'm sure you had amazing conversations with Nelson Mandela when he was in jail, but did we keep him in jail? So whenever we want to have a conversation, he will be there. It's like the freedom is so different in how they communicate. And I had something similar I went to a hotel for a conference and I walked out to the pool area and did not realize they had captive dolphins. And I walked over to this pool and there was a very young dolphin. And it, I was like, oh, hi, how are you doing? And the dolphin was like, oh my God, you can talk to me. And then it like kept coming over and it kept rolling up and looking at me and it was so sad and all these people and it hated it and didn't want to be there. And my girlfriend from Tonga was with me and I'm crying and saying, I'm so sorry they're doing this. I'm so sorry. And I'm eyeballing the ocean over there and the dolphin is like, can I get in and get this dolphin and get it to the water? And my girlfriend knows me well enough to know. She's like, we're going to get arrested. Rebecca's going to grab that dolphin and run to the ocean with it and I would have and the only thing that kept me from doing it was I wasn't sure I was strong enough to be able to get it and carry it to the ocean because the ocean was like right over there I mean how how horrible can that be um but I was afraid it might be too heavy and if I would drop it I would hurt it otherwise I would have been in that pool and that dolphin would have been back in the ocean um so yes definitely 
it's just not the only dolphin I've ever seen born in captivity that was happy was a baby dolphin at the Mirage. And it was an underwater pool where you could go and walk in. And that baby, I don't know how many generations had been born in captivity, but it thought it was the greatest thing. It loved it. It went and saw everybody and it talked and it played and it went around. And the dolphins will be, you know, who they are anyway. And uh, there was one captive place in, um, what are they? I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's just north. It's north of Tulum and south, it, it, uh, going down into Mexico, just below uh, Karma de Playa. Uh, so if you would go down Miami side, but anyway, big park, and they had all different floating rivers and different things. But they had dolphins that were in captivity, and they would. It was in the marina, but it was still a pen. And they came out and they did the shows and then they would put them in a back pen and you could swim across the marina to get to the back pen. And there was like this hole in the fence. So some of us would swim out to the fence and when the dolphins weren't working, they would come to the hole in the fence and come and play and bottlenose and they would open their mouths. So you could pet their tongue and they loved to get their tongues <laughs> petted. And there was this one and she just loved my husband. She was like, Oh, I just love this guy. And she kept coming. And my husband after a while, I noticed these two other dolphins came and kind of like pushed her away. And then they were like, give me stink eyes and the thing is, and I went, Oh, you're boys. And she's a girl. <laughs> so very cute. So even though they were in captivity, they sure knew how to come out and play. Um, mm-hmm. Do we have time for a quick story on the girl, the boy girl dolphin thing? Yeah, sure. Where we swim in the wild, there was my husband. A lot of us go out and swim, and my husband would. We don't don't go off the boats. We go from shore, so it's not like what we did at Montica, where everybody kind of stayed together. Everybody mm-hmm. just goes where mm-hmm. they go. My husband always mm-hmm. goes off and does his thing. And there was this one dolphin, and we called her Quacker because she would talk all the time. She went quack 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 quack, <laughs> and you could tell because she had a cookie cutter bite on her so everybody knew who she was everybody knew she was a talker but when she would see ty my husband she would zip over next to him and be right next and she'd like bee, bee, bee. And then she'd swim with him just be with him the whole time then when she was gonna leave she'd like bee, 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 i'm gonna leave right and ty and i were never together and one day we're in the ocean and they'd like to play with leaves and we did the leaf game a little bit i think yeah. about mm-hmm. drop the leaves and they go chase it mm-hmm. so uh I was in the water and I was just doing a little lazy swimming and I was with this female, young female dolphin and we were just swimming in circles and my husband was in the kayak and my husband goes, oh, she's really relaxed today. And he said something to me and I said something to her and she recognized his voice and she turned and she looked up at him and then she looked at me like, why is he talking to you? And I took that (laughs) moment to grab the leaf, right? And then she was like, oh, well, I don't want anything to do with you. It was hysterical. I'm like, oh, here, you can have your leaf back. I don't want your leaf. Oh, no, no. I don't want your leaf, right? So I had to kind of turn around and let her steal the leaf from me. And then she took that leaf and she shot about five feet in front of us and dropped the leaf and then came back and got next to me and like, we're going to see who's the baddest woman I can see here. You know, we'll, we'll show him who's the best and race me for the leaf, right? So, I mean, she was very, very... Uh, possessive of him and then when she got older and she started being with boy dolphins and she had babies of her own and she would like still when she would to see times like oh hi how you doing i still love you but you know i'm over here doing my thing now so yes they definitely have personalities <laughs> that's amazing wow i can't wait to 
I can't wait, Rebecca, to get back in the water and to learn all about them and to see all of that. It was so much fun in just a short time. So we hope you enjoyed that bonus content, that discussion and conversation we had with Rebecca that we weren't able to include in the last episode with her. And as always, we will finish off this episode with a blessing for the animals. We'd like to end this podcast by taking just a moment to be quiet. And we give thanks and blessings to these amazing animals that we share our lives with. They give us so much and ask for so little in return. We hope that you can keep the animals and all living beings in your heart and in your mind as you go about your day. Thank you so much for being here with us today.